All right, it's the Matt Kwasaborski Show calling you live and direct from beautiful Brigantine, New Jersey, all the way to the north end, pretty much the end of civilization here along the New Jersey shore. Uh, all the way, if you don't know where Brigantine is, it is a suburb, a island of Atlantic City. One bridge in, one bridge out, John, isn't that correct? That's it. Don't block it. <laughs> we are here live, finally, in person with John Mathers. What's going on tonight, John? Nothing. Same old, same old. Glad to be with you. Yeah, glad to have you on again and um, running down a little bit. We have a bunch of things to talk about. Uh, a little bit about the Phillies and basically the beginning of the season, just to touch on that. We want to get to the NBA playoffs. The Sixers have the very first game of the week of the playoffs uh, after the play-in games, I guess, on Saturday at 1 o'clock. A lot of people think that could be an insult, putting the Sixers there. And then we're only 17 days away from the NFL draft, which we hopefully that we will talk about with the Eagles with the 10th and 30th pick. But before we get started, as always, I'd like to thank Al Gore for inventing the internet. I'd like to thank Spreaker Podcast for host- hosting this and all the loyal listeners around, there, around the world that's been... Downloading mostly from America, but we have some Canadians, Hungarians, Ukrainians, Czechs, Poles, and where else did I see something from? Um, I forget, but that's who's been downloading them over well, there. I appreciate thank you, that. Whoever you are. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, just to get started a little bit, the Phillies. We're watching the Phillies here. They're four and six uh, after the first ten games. Probably not the start that anyone thought would be coming off the World Series. But what I love about the beginning of the baseball season is that we think that the first three games will tell you what the whole rest of the season is going to be or the, or the, or the whole first six games. Yep. And it's absolutely a bit ridiculous, but it kind of makes sense. I mean, you, what were you saying? You, you, if you win the first game, you're going to the World Series. If you lose the first game... It's it's dread for the next five years. Yeah, basically, the last time we saw the Phillies were a surprise run to the World Series and they lost. Where every pitch, almost every inning, every batter becomes magnified, and all the strategies come out. You start counting down how many outs you have to get to win the game. And as we know, the Phillies lost to the cheating Houston Astros. <laughs> then we go into the Eagles season. The Eagles make it this glorious run to the Super Bowl, but they lost and they were eliminated. So it's always when you play in the playoffs in the NFL, one and done, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore you have like this like sense of like urgency in the first, like that's it. If they lose three out of their first four or five out of their first six as the Phillies did, the season's over. And eventually what happens is that you sink into the pattern. We're now 10 games into the season, watching them now versus the Marlins. They're four and six. They've won three out of their last four games. Uh, and we have 152 of these games to go. And then also you have the NBA playoffs we'll talk about where, you know, the Sixers are at least, you know, they're not one and done. They're guaranteed at least four more games, right, against the Brooklyn Nets right now <laughs> as we sit here. You never know. And I think that's what's so interesting about the baseball season. Now, now we can sort of sink into like, ah, uh, this is what it's going to be like the rest of the season. But there's a great, exciting vibe with the Phillies bringing in all the people they made in the offseason. Some I agree with, some I don't agree with. And uh, you should be a happy Phillies fan. You do not have to watch Bryce Harper. <laughs> That's the first note that I put. I was like, Harper's still injured. <laughs> that was my first note for the podcast today. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, another, another season, another Bryce Harper uh, injury. What can I say? Um, I guess I'm still right about Bryce Harper. Um, it's a shame that they weren't able to get over the hump um, on that on that nice postseason run. I mean, he played hella hella good, uh, but again, you know, a little too short for the team, a little too short for Brycey. Hopefully, his bowling arm gets better, and he's back in the lineup soon enough. 
Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there are reports where he could have been out toward the All Star break, but it looks like maybe the end of May. Then I read a report today where he could bat, but he can't slide because they're afraid if he slides into the base, he'll jam up his elbow and the surgical repair. So I mean, there's so many things I could say right now. I'm just not going to. Oh, go for it. Go. Why not? <laughs> no, I mean, like, and then and then I guess I guess Reese Hoskins saw how much fun Bryce Harper was having on the bench not playing. He decided to blow his knee out so he could join. <laughs> right, because there was a choice of Reese Hoskins to blow his knee out. Yes. <laughs> Yes, John. Fishtown, Fishtown native, not native, but a resident there, Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins, get well. Always liked him. Yeah, his, his injury comes at a bad time for him because he's supposed to be a free agent after this year. He's he's His career is, as a hitter is up and down. He's either really streaky where he's on or he's really streaky when he's off. And it'll be very, very telling what they do with Reese Hoskins next year in the offseason. But I do give him a crap ton of credit for getting Bryce here. Okay. <laughs> During Bryce's, um, you know, last year at the Nationals, every time they played the Phillies, Reese and him were always chatting it up on the base, and I think he was one of the main reasons to recruit from a player's perspective. What a player can do to recruit players to the team, Reese, I think, was the number one Philly that uh, Bryce seemed to bond with. At least it looked like that on the field with the Nationals. Do you think that Reese Hoskins told John Milton to add a couple zeros? To get him to come here, or do you think that had anything to do with it? <laughs> I mean, I, it had a, then, you know, then Bryce Harper's making the comments, well, JT Real Muto is my favorite player. Next thing you know, we traded for him. Sign him, right? And then traded and, him, traded for him. And then remember, remember when, uh, when JT was up for like his contract and he was going to be a free agent there and, and, and Bryce Harper, he hit him or whatever. I think it was, I think it was preseason or whatever. Yeah. He yelled, sign him or yeah, something. Yeah, like, yeah, during COVID when the stadium yeah, was empty. Yeah, yeah. so uh, everyone, everyone on that team seems to like each other, which is always a good thing, and they're playing playing well. Rob Thompson, so, I mean, shout out to him. I mean, Yeah, he's had a little – his lineup um, decision so far have been a little bit interesting. Bryson Stott hitting sixth tonight after hitting leadoff last night. But it's still early in the season. They're experimenting trying to find that lineup. I mean, I think people have to kind of calm down a little bit. Uh, about the lineup decisions. The relief pitching has not been there, and fundamentals aren't there. They, they look like a team that's, you know, they're a little the World Series hangover, even though they didn't win it. But yeah, but I, I think that also goes to your point about uh, Phillies fan. I, I think it's Phillies fans particularly thinking this way. You go from such a high to a World Series, right? The expectation is that either it's like the Eagles, you're going to get back there next year, or you're that good that you should be good moving forward. And I think that's where that pressure comes from. But at the same token, it's like that's the ethos of the Philadelphia sports fan, right? Yeah. We are either super high or super low, yeah. right? We're very rarely ex- uh, accepting mediocrity and being in the middle. Right, you know? right. So, it, it, again, I think it's part of the DNA of a, of a Philadelphia fan. So, And we don't handle expectations well. We'd rather be the underdog, you know, that was predicted to be in yeah, fourth yeah. place. and you know, That's what made last, last season for the for the Phillies so great. Like, yep. who thought that they were going to do what they did? And then when they got to the the, the World Series, people were look, looking around like, wait, we're in the World Series? Like, <laughs> yeah. no one expected that, you know? But no. everyone was like, hey, here we go, another parade. This feels like 2008. They brought yeah, all the yeah. 2008 guys in, you know, as they usually do. And, you know, there's a, there's a nice yeah, yeah, Gene yeah. Segura out at second. Yeah, Gene Segura coming back in his ring. What do you think about that, John? The, the Phillies had a ring ceremony. Right. For runner-ups, based, but they are the National League champions. But they got these big blingy rings for runner for second place. It's the uh, it's the participation trophy of twenty twenty three. 
Um, I'll tell you what. The one thing I did, I'm not a big fan of second place derbies. Um, I loved how inside the ring there was a piece of the base, like what game used baseball from the World Series. I actually thought that was a really nice touch in the ring. Okay, yeah, that was very was nice. Cool. Like it was unique. Yeah. But I agree with you. Like, what is that? It's going to go in a in a in a in somebody's drawer at home. It's not going to get showcased. It's yeah. it's a second place ring. It's yeah, get, you know, yeah, great. got a lot of diamonds and yeah, super. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was real cool. But it was very nice what the Phillies did for Segura last night. They gave him the ring beforehand. He signed, you know, second baseman. Who was there during the lean years? Got up, got us, helped us get to the World Series. Great fielder, great guy in the locker room. And um, we pretty much let him go. Signs with the Marlins so we could sign Bryce Harper's second favorite player, Trey Turner, because that's what Bryce says. Like, he's my favorite player. I guess JT Realmoto got demoted after he got to the Phillies. They're no longer best friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So It's it's now the Philadelphia Harpers. Yes. But then you – but then – and then the the Phillies fans gave him a standing ovation last night, which was great. You know, not – it's – it's – you know, for as much grief as we get as Philadelphia fans, we do cherish the the athletes who work hard, go out there every day, produce, and get us to the championship round. You know, yeah. and that was a great that was a great sign by the Phillies fans last night. Yeah, I mean, if if, if Gene Segura would have caused an out or a error in the World Series where they would have lost it, I think maybe that would have been a little different. You know, but I mean, he's been a reliable player. Yeah, uh, for the Phillies for a while now, so. Yeah, I mean, we, I, 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 I agree with everything you said, that we, we cherish and appreciate hard work, um, reliability, and hey, if you, if you work, like you said, if you worked hard, like, we'll appreciate you, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hat, hat tip to the uh, Phillies fans. Yeah, so they, but they, it's a must win tonight, I mean, they're four and must six, <laughs> they, if they lose tonight, they're four and seven, it's, well, strike yeah, out. yeah, strike yeah. Out. just strike out, yeah, so Which, struck by the out. Way, that guy... Putting in like ten extra pounds in yeah. the off season. Yep. I I think he scored or didn't he have like six RBIs last, last night, night or something? Like, what a heck of a heck of a uh, off season for him. Yeah. And Let's hope that he, you know, it was a. It, let me just say this: it's a nice turnaround for a guy who was quote unquote saying, "I hate this effing place." Last year, which was basically <laughs> a year to the day. Yes. It was a year to the day, which is kind of crazy. So last year, Alec Bohm, who's our third baseman. Uh, made two or three crucial errors early on in the season when you know the you know the Super, the World Series was being decided. <laughs> Kidding, obviously, and he he just mount like he starts getting booed. He was a he was a, at the time he was a high draft pick made to the majors, which in baseball is hard to do with the high draft picks to like be and be consistent. It really is. Gets there, makes some errors at, in the in the field, maybe cost a run or two. And then you just see him mouthing the camera catcher, I hate this effing place, because they're booing him. As rightfully, he kind of deserved it. But instead of becoming a whiny person, kind of like a la Scott Rowland, going, going over the back 25 years, who did not want to play in Philadelphia, uh, he you know, put his head down, worked hard. And really, he hit something like 400 in the month of July with the most games last year. Like you said, puts on 10 to 15 pounds this year, offseason of muscle. Uh, and is pretty much their second best hitter, if not their best hitter so far. So it's great to see a draft pick uh, pay off and and see him rebound that way. In the in the Twitter universe that we live in, seeing a guy like think about this ten fifteen years ago, you might not have seen that that clip of him mm-hmm. just because it wouldn't have been posted everywhere. Right. You, maybe you would be able to DVR it on your TV, and that would have been it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that now we in this Twitter world where we see all this stuff all the time and it's amplified. It's quite remarkable to me how a guy, especially in Philly, 
can mm-hmm. say something like that mm-hmm. and sort of be able to ride that into using it as either motivation or you know maybe just being lucky or whatever right and sort of embracing it and kind of like now he now he loves the place right, right. You know what I mean so it's kind of like that fairy tale kind of story where like I hated it yep. but now like I've turned it completely around and I love it and and the fa- and it's, it goes back to what we were saying about Phillies fans right like if you give your your heart you know, I'm sure people saw that video and were like, man, this guy is, no, is not ready for Philly. Yep. And I'm sure people wrote him off because, yep. especially in the early in the season last year, he was playing like crap. And I, I know many people that have kind of wrote him off, we need a different third baseman, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah. Yep. And just the way that he could kind of turn that around. And, yep. you know, this is a tough place to play. Everyone said it. So it's a, a kind of uh, a lot of respect for Alec Boone on that. Love it. Love it. John, we got your Philly jersey now. Hey, get my Harper jersey. Get your Boom jersey. Your boom jersey. There you go. Jersey. I'm a Croc guy. I'm a Crocker. <laughs> yeah, Croc, um, man, I mean, have you seen him? He, he's not looking good. Like uh-huh. He looks like he's like shrinking. Like When you see him in the booth before games, he's gotten real thin and everything. I know he had a procedure that last year, um, but I, I don't know if you've seen it him. What's that? I love me some John Croc. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, used to be a big Dykstra fan. Yeah. I was a Dalton fan. Rest yeah, in peace. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now, Croc in the booth is like yeah. Charles Barkley on TNT. Yeah, yeah. He's a Philly treasure. He, um, you know, I, yeah, I just I just love Croc. He's yeah. always cracks a good joke, or he's, you know, talking about food or beer. Yeah, or, he just, yeah. Love, just love it. He reads the room very well yeah. with this all shucks kind of West Virginia Midwestern kind of <laughs> attitude, but you know. Talks about how his wife won't let him uh, download any more apps on the phone because he's like buying too many things and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, he's he is a treasure. And I really, there's also to kind of not segue away, but one thing about Philadelphia is that there's certain athletes that when they retire, they make Philadelphia their home, Mm -hmm. or they get involved either in the studio, the broadcasting booth, or, you know, they just, they're part of the community. And I'm sure other cities have that. But, you know, Kruk at the time, like, he was ESPN National, he was on Sunday Night Baseball. I mean, that was the game of the week Mm -hmm. uh, in the modern era after, you know, I grew up with the Saturday Day Game of the Week on NBC with Scully and Gargiola. But then you see um, John Miller, Joe Morgan, and Kruk was in that booth. Um, and when he was let go by ESPN, he chose the Phillies. Yeah. You know? I mean, he is – he. everything you said, is, I agree with. I mean, he's just one of those guys that he is the – he's the type of guy that you could basically sit here and watch the game with. And yeah. he would crack a beer yeah. and eat the popcorn. And like, he's not like he, – he's not too high and he's not too low. Right. right. He's like – He's like the everyday baseball fan, right? You know, there's sometimes when you know you sit and you, you watch other 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 uh, commentators, and I mean, I'll tell you what, like it's a great segue to start talking about the NBA. Yeah. But I don't really have very much um, affinity or affiliation with like Kate Scott and like Al Al Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's they're not really Philly centric people, right? I mean, they're basketball people, right. but they're not Philly centric, right? Where like you could argue that like when um, was it uh, Jim? Was it Jim Jackson? Did it before? Jim whatever. Jackson, Mark Zumoff. Zumoff, yeah. And, like they were like Philly born and bred, like type yeah. guys, and it yeah. was it was like you could sort of like feel that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kruk, I love having Schmidt there too. Cause, yeah, because Schmidt and him kind of play off of each other. <laughs> yeah, um, and then just Tom McCarthy just tries to referee something. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They'll great. bring uh, Jimmy Rollins in there. Uh, he he was really good on TV last year. I love. I really like listening to Ruben Amaro, uh, the former 
at all Philly who grew up in the clubhouse. He was five years old during the 80 World Series when his dad was a third base coach. And on the radio, they got guys like Kevin Stocker, who was a shortstop in the mm-hmm. 90s. Um, and one of the reasons we got Bobby Abreu. And then I forget who the other one is that they um, – Who does their Kevin radio? Franston. Oh, Fransky. Uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, on the radio is um, – yeah, Fransky is the play-by-play. He's re- he's exceptional. Okay. And uh, Larry Anderson does the home games, the reliever during oh. the 80s and 90s. He's played all over. But uh, another one who chose Philly as his home, like you hear Ricky Batalico on the post game and on 97.5. You know, it's just random how many of these athletes come home. And I'm just talking about Phillies. Mm-hmm. Look at all the Eagles that are around, the Sixers that are still around. And, um, yeah, so we will segue. Well, hopefully the Phillies will 0-0 at this point. Well, uh, that means the season's over. Now. Season's over, yeah. <laughs> they, they already left two runners on with, you know, one out. It's, it's done. You know, they clutched 15 runs last night. So they should have saved some for the rest of the series. You know, kind of, <laughs> kind of the attitude I can hear it. Already, but um, yeah, we did want to talk. About, I just like the fact that again, the first ten games don't mean the season's over or the season's won. Two thousand eight, the Phillies were four and six. They won the World Series. This year, we're four and six. So we shall see. Want to segue though? One of the things missing out. We don't. We spend a lot of time on the Eagles, which we'll get to. But a little bit sooner, the Philadelphia 76ers NBA playoffs play begin tonight. John, we got the playing games. Who do we got tonight going tonight on? Tonight we got the Los Angeles Lakers and the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then the Miami Heat against the Atlanta Hawks. So, can you explain why this is a playing game? When this started, and wh- who happens to the winners and the losers? So, you have Minnesota versus the Lakers tonight. What happens if the Lakers win tonight? So, if the Lakers win tonight, they would be the seventh seed, and they would play the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. If they lose. They then would then play the winner of the New Orleans Pelicans and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. And then the winner of that game would then be the eight seed. Okay. So it's this started two years ago. Um, it was a way to sort of, um, I think, in my opinion, sort of try to get away from tanking. Yeah. Um, so they added four teams to each division to let them basically play into the playoffs. Um, I don't think it's worked as well as everyone thought it has. I mean, you're looking at the Milwaukee Bucks against possibly any one of those 9, 10, 7, 8 seeds. Who are the Eastern ones? Uh, You're looking at the Raptors and Bulls. Okay. They're the 9, 10, and then Miami and the Hawks are the 7, 8. Okay. The 7, 8 seed, obviously the winner of that would play Boston. Right. So that's a tough, tough mountain to climb. Right. Um, And then again, Milwaukee gets the winner of Toronto, Chicago, but then play that winner then plays the loser of the other game. Right. It gets a little bit confusing, right, right, um, because the loser basically gets two chances. At right, it. right, um, right. So, so the loser of the nine tens out, right? The loser of nine ten is out. The loser of eight seven and eight will play nine. The winner of the nine ten, correct. And, and then, then eight, the eight, seven eight, eight, the one goes automatically advances. So basically. We'll know at the end of the night from both conferences or one conference that one team will advance, and then two other games will be left to play for the last last seeds in each conference. Got it? Okay. Correct. Yeah, because yeah. they still have to. That, that other team would, would probably would travel to wherever the other team loses to. Right. But again, like that that eight seed is open, but then again, right. you're you're facing the one seed. The right. Like, right. So what are your chances of? You know, you got to play. It, hey. Yeah. All it takes to get in home run. Yeah, yeah, Miami just hit a home run, yeah. Against our favorite starting pitcher, Aaron Moore. <laughs> Bringing the bulldozers. Turn the uh, turn says it's a bank park into a parking lot. 
There you go. Anyway, um, so yeah, it, it's it's actually kind of interesting, but it makes things a lot more confusing for the playoffs. Um, I don't think it's that. <laughs> I don't think it's that fair per se. Okay. Um, because you basically get you, you basically can have not a great sort of record and sort of still get in the playoffs, which kind of defeats the purpose of even counting records at that point. So, right, right. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where a um, little confusing, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, but it does, like, play into the rest of the sports world, adding playoff teams. We saw in the NFL, NFL right. uh, NBA, MLB, the Phillies would not, you know, if it wasn't for last year, the Phillies would not have played the playoffs. And even the NCAA basketball, they're at 68 teams. And look at Fairleigh Dickinson. You know, upsets Purdue in the first round. You know, 16 seed beats the one seed, and they actually won another game. I mean, they were – or they, they actually lost. But still, you know, you never know what can happen. And it b- brings me to that in the NBA, there isn't that dominant teams that we grew up knowing. You know, the Lakers, the Bulls that we always go back to. The Lakers with Shaq and Kobe, the Bulls with Michael – uh, Golden State is not dominating like they used to. So in a way, it, it is a little bit more wide open. I don't think anyone's predicting a, Mi- a Milwaukee and a Denver um, championship round. They're both the number one seeds. It, it's, they're not a lock to make the finals at all. Agree 100%. Yeah, I would, it's, it's one of those things where um, it, it is wide open. Like, if you look at LeBron James and he's in a playoff game yep. again, like it's like, or a play-in game, it's kind of like, oof, like, when, when was Michael Jordan ever in a, you know, when, when was he ever an eight seed or a seven seed? Right, I don't right. think he ever was. No. So um, from that aspect, it's it's kind of interesting. But, yeah, I mean, you look at kind of the the biggest games probably in the Western Conference, is that is that is going to probably be that Memphis I, – I would personally, I think the Lakers win tonight. Yeah. And Memphis against the Lakers I think is a good matchup. Because yeah. I think Memphis is a really good team. And LeBron and AD, and that's still, I think, an okay team. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be like the young versus the old. Um, on the Eastern Conference side, I think probably one of the better series you're going to see is Cleveland, New York. Yeah. Cleveland's yeah. a young team. I think New York's, you know, being built really well. Yeah. Um, and they've been good. They've been, they've been playing good basketball all season. I think that would be a good, a good matchup. And do I think they beat the winner of that beats Milwaukee? Probably not. I think Milwaukee can sort of stamp its ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals. It really comes down to, in my opinion, you know, listen, Philly against Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, if Philly doesn't sweep, we got a problem. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. No, we did not. I'll put that on radio. And, 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 and All right. That. But um, Philly against Boston is going to be a big, big test, and we'll see. Yeah, so yeah. We'll see what comes out the Boston Johnny or Philadelphia <laughs> Johnny. We'll see. Whoever wins that first two games of that series probably will say which one will come out. No, I think it's – so you went back to the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. They coming in at the fourth seed or the fifth seed? They're the fourth seed against the Knicks. Knicks with the fifth seed. Yeah, they both. those teams have had surprisingly very good seasons. I know the Sixers struggled against uh, Cleveland a few times. Um, early in the season, I think Cleveland won a game, but they also went out and got um, the guy from Utah. They traded Donovan for him, Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, who's taken that franchise. You know, oftentimes you see a trade of Donovan Mitchell, who was the runner-up of the rookie year, by the way, to Ben Simmons of the mm-hmm. Nets. He gets traded. You would think Cleveland had to mortgage their future, but somehow Cleveland was able to build uh, a fourth-seeded team around him. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a guy who scored 50 points, 70 points, 
you know, a game. And he, he I think, was it last year he scored 70? I think yeah. last year he scored 70. Yeah. This year he had a 50-point game or two 50-point games or something like that. He's a, he's a great player. He really is. Um, but when you the one thing that I look at when I look at this playoff picture is, especially in the Eastern Conference, I don't care much about the Western Conference. Right. I mean, there's no excuse anymore for Joel Embiid. Right. Like, this is, the, this is again, is like, is one of those years where I'm like, here you go again, you're the three seed. There's not a dominant big man in the Eastern Conference that can really right. match up with you. Yeah. You should just roll over the, the Eastern Conference. But what I think is going to be a big um, distraction is this MVP race. And I think that if well, Joel jo- Embiid wins the MVP, I think that's going to be a large inflation to his, his skull. Uh, and, I hope that, and I hope that he, uh, he can kind of pocket that and and sort of uh, channel that for the playoffs rather than you know sit up there get the trophy you know kiss babies and go on with well, his career. Well, when will that come out? The end, the MVP is that during the playoffs? Yes, because it's the top three they'll announce. Yeah, and we assume that'll be Joel. Probably the same three as last year, isn't it? Giannis, Jokic, and Giannis, um, Jokic, and, yeah. and Embiid. Yeah, and Embiid will probably be the top three. I don't know if anyone else will crack that. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's interesting because you have Giannis, but Giannis and Embiid. It wouldn't matter if they split the Eastern Conference votes; it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It's the top three, and then who ends there? And right now, he has the majority of the votes. I mean, there's a tracker on Twitter mm-hmm. that basically goes and finds all the people that vote and all of what they said they voted for, and he has by far like he's going to win it. But my thing is, I don't really care about the individual stuff. <laughs> I care about. The, the hardware at the end of the season. Right. And if you, if the motivation to, for you is to silence the critics about being an MVP, I'd rather silence the critics about being a finals MVP than have the regular season MVP. That right. would be my, right. that'd be my moxie. Right. And, and he came out recently and said something like that in the last couple of months. Like it's, he's no longer, like it seemed like he was no longer motivated to be the MVP or it's not going to let it, it's about all winning championships. Yeah. I mean, listen, when you're, when your head coach starts to make comments like, Hey, the MVP's race is over, you know, this, that, and the other thing. The other thing people don't realize too is every time that he doesn't play in a game, that actually helps all of his stats. I mean, those, those numbers, Uh-oh. Get yeah. to be swayed one one way or the other. Yeah, a lot of people have been looking at that and been like, "Well, if he played right. twelve more games than this person, right. you know, Jokic would have had this many more steps." You know what I mean? So it yeah. starts to get into that yeah. gray area. But again, yeah. like, he, he's a big man. He doesn't play a lot. He's often banged up. But you know what? All bets are off. It's the playoffs. Yeah, right? yeah. It's Saturday starts a, a brand new season. Yes, and you get to you get to challenge the six seed. And then challenge the two seed, and then challenge whoever comes right. off the top, and go from there. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I was looking at the Inquirer.com, the Philadelphia online paper. Uh, Inquirer goes back 1800s, <laughs> it, but it said like, you know, the, the Sixers posting it feels a little different, and Embiid's the reason why. And I'm like, no, it isn't. I think I read the same headline <laughs> last year, going to the play- and the year before that, going to the- this playoffs feel a little bit different, and it. To me, it's, you know, and to a lot of players, a lot of fans, it's all about, yeah, they're going to play a Brooklyn team that pretty much gave up, traded all their stars, which they should have. You know, Durant, you know, they traded Harden last year, Durant, you know, Kyrie, um, you know, they got some good players back, but not enough that should be able to challenge the Sixers in, the, in a five-game series or seven-game series. 
Um, so the Sixers should get past them. Like you said, if they don't sweep, there's a problem. Yeah. If Brooklyn wins a game, there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that. I mean, it's the playoffs. The things happen. It's If these trends continue, it's like against the Atlanta Hawks, which I'm still not over. The Hawks came into Philly and won that first game and set the tone. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, the, Will the Nets team be able to do that? Probably not. But at the same time, like it's all about that second round. And that second round matchup, I'm looking at it. Now, I'm a casual NBA watcher. Mm-hmm. You know, They're looking at probably Boston. And the Sixers beat Boston, what, like two, three games ago or two, a week ago? Embiid had to score 52. Harden had to score the game. He played an outstanding game. And they only won by two points. Right. Does that give you much <laughs> Like, You have to get 75 to 80 points out of those two every night to beat Boston. Right. And I think that that's where... You look at last year and you go, Harden has to be better this year. Yeah. Right? Maxi and Tobias have to be better this year. Yeah. And you look at your bench and you go, your bench has to be better than it was last year. Right. And did their bench get better? I mean, some would argue, no. P.J. Tucker is not a bench player, but he was the only real major piece that we really added to this team, right? Other than a few mm-hmm. uh, trade deadline sort of swaps. Yeah. Um, so your team isn't that much different except for P.J. Tucker. So it's all the same pieces, but what do we go back to? Embiid has to play his best. Yep. Harden has to play his yep. best. And then you have to hope for those other two or three guys, like you've seen in other playoff games, that, that, that come through. You know, it's Yeah, if Steph Curry or Clay Thompson – I'm sorry, if Steph Curry and Kevin Durant have a 30-point game, that's great. But it's always the Clay Thompsons, the Draymond Greens, the Andre Godalas, the um, – you know, insert the, the next player here. Wiggins, yeah. Who, who – help you win. It's very rarely you're going to see a guy score 50 points every game. You know, it's this isn't the 90s where, right. you know, Jordan took over and was going right, to get right, the ball right, out of the way. Right. Give Michael the ball, right. right? But for me, when you look at the Eastern Conference, Joel Embiid is the most do- – when I say most dominant, I don't see anyone that can match up with against him. Right. At all. Right. You could argue Giannis, but Giannis doesn't play the center position. Right. So – He's going to be more on the outside, and I don't even know. We'll see who guard who guards Giannis. Right. I imagine it would be Embiid for most of it, but vice versa. I'm not sure. Be, right. Probably book Brooke Lopez right. from the center position guarding Embiid. So, right. Right. There should be no problems. There should be no problems getting through Brooklyn. Boston will be tough, but again, this team needs to get the Eastern Conference Finals. If they don't get the Eastern Conference Finals, this thing is going to get blown up. This, I think so. This team. I, I, mark my words. April 11, 725. If the, if the Philadelphia 76ers do not win a championship this year, this team will get decimated. This team will get blown up. Joel okay. Embiid will be traded. Okay. And this team will start over. All right. I guarantee it. Okay. Because the same thing, doing it over and over again, is, is what, what, did, what did Howie Rue or Joe Banner say? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And that's all we keep doing. Yep. We yep. have the same chess pieces, and all we keep doing is trying to add to it. Yep. And at some point, you have to kind of look at the mirror and go, hey, maybe we're not winning the, the NBA Finals because we have a seven-foot center that, you know, is having a great season this year but isn't always reliable. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's really good uh, analysis there. That and a big prediction. If the, so, if the Sixers get to the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, but lose, they're still going to blow it up. I think so. If they get to the championship game, don't win, they blow it up. I think that yeah, championship I think round. I, I, 
it's so funny how we're we're, we're going from that Phillies like oh, they, don't win, they don't win the first two games like. They're done. Oh yeah, but yeah, but now, and now I'm saying the same thing for the for the NBA. But it's been it. I think it's been so much of the same. Like you're saying, year after year, it's oh, this team has has got Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. NBA Finals written all over it, and we yeah. haven't gotten there. Now people would say, if Kawhi Leonard's shot didn't go in, maybe we win a World Championship. Well, wow. I mean, yeah, if my grandmother had balls, she'd be my grandfather. Right, right. Rest in peace. <laughs> but, you know, so that's not the way the cookie crumbled there. Right, right, So, right. I, you know, I, I, listen, I being a superstar, being an MVP yeah. of, the national, of the NBA, it gives you that, it gives you that sort of um, empowerment. Yeah. And it says, hey, I'm the best player in the league. Yep. Now go show it. Right. Because... Right. If you get the MVP right. and you get bounced in the second or third round, right, right. what does that say? Right. Let's say you're great in the regular season. Right. You're not very good in the postseason. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, great points. For me with Embiid in the playoffs, like, first he's got to somehow avoid the freaky injuries. Mm-hmm. He always has his free – like, last year he got his eye busted again. <laughs> that was, like, the second time in the playoffs that I think that he had his fractured orbital skull. Like, that kind of – that really wore him down last year. But it's the, it's the same thing with him like when he's in the post. You talk about big men in the post. When he drops that ball to his hip, I just want to get him out of the game. Yep, just get some – and he turns it over. Yeah. I don't mind him bringing up the ball. I don't mind if he's out on the key. You know, he shoots a three every once in a while. He's good at it. He can hit that three. It's not like he's Manu Bowl and he's like, oh, you know, jacking up <laughs> shots. Hopefully one will fall. He can hit that. It's the turnovers. It's the flopping. You know, they and they have to rebound. As a team, and you don't know what James Harden's going to show up. And also remember, in the playoffs, games are called a lot differently. Yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe the regular season where you could attack and get to the free throw line a lot more, which he right. does a great job of doing. Right. Maybe he's not going to be able to rely on that. Right. And my question is, then what is he going to rely on? Right. Is he going to rely on an outside three point jump shot? Right. Well, I got news for you: in a tight game right. against Boston. I'm not sure if I want him taking that shot. Right, right. But right. everyone would look at me and say, well, he did that all regular season. Yeah. Right. Well, then why are we paying James Harden $40 million? Right, right, right. Why right. do we have a young stud like James, like Tyrese Maxey not not able to take the ball to the rack? Right. You know, used right. Tobias Harris. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. Right. So right. that's where that's where that's where the Doc Rivers will will sort of like I've been a huge proponent of Doc I Rivers. I know you have, and I've not but he's he's like kind of on the edge for me. Like he's on the cliff, and I'm kind of like I'm ready to push him, but yeah, I'm like yeah, hesitant. Yeah. So it's kind of like, is Doc Rivers going to game plan a little bit better in this postseason? He's going to be able to use his bench a little bit better. What's he going to do? I would love if he showed up on Saturday and just started the bench guys because we blew out Boston with just the bench guys <laughs> last week. That to me is like, you want to show me how big balls you got? Throw Mac McClung out there. Show Jaden Springer out there. Go, Paul, Give me some Paul Reed out there. So if you do that and they lose the game, then we've got serious problems, <laughs> right? Because I guess with Brooklyn, you know, it's not playing, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. at least it beating Harden and the rest of the front, the first five, will get a little, a little bit of breather. Yeah. Maybe they'll play the first half or the yeah. first quarter and the second quarter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, this this Brooklyn uh, series against the Nets, like we said, we, they decimated their team. But it's also imperative that the Sixers win these games easily because then you can rest and beat and harden and Tobias because you're going to need them at their max almost every night the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like they're going against Miami right, as a two-seed. Right, right. It's like Boston, is, Boston was in the championship last year, so – I mean, they have really 
like you're playing against right. the defending champions. That's going to be a tough matchup. Right. And then if you win that, God willing, you go against hopefully Milwaukee. Right. That's going to be another tough matchup. Right, right. You know, so you got exactly your point. You have to you have to be smart. You have to take care of business. You know, that's why I said like sweep the nets. It's a, it's a take advantage of the situation where when you travel, you're going to Brooklyn. Yeah. Get rid of it. Get get it done quickly and get the extra two days rest. Yeah. And then you know what? You're going to go to Boston, and that's going to be a short ride. But then if you get to Milwaukee and maybe you sweep Boston, God willing. No, that's it. not happening. It's, it's not, but maybe you I, know. I don't you see them getting past Boston. Maybe you do it a little quicker than maybe yeah. you could have. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Milwaukee series, like you're saying, <clears> is a little less of a strain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking at the way, I just think Milwaukee and Boston are – better than the rest of the conference like i think there's a, there's that big leap even between the sixers i think the sixers are in the that three category alone cleveland new york are they're they're perfectly positioned the rest of the conference is yeah whatever they're positioned the way it is but uh milwaukee and boston i just think like they're just deeper um they're a deeper team that they, you they have a bench um and boston and milwaukee have both been to the finals they know what it takes to get there which as we know the sixers have not so there'll be a lot of hype <laughs> around and i'll uh, I want to quote. I want to uh, trademark this. MV, B, MV, and bead. Okay. MV and bead. There's gonna be a lot of there's <laughs> gonna be a lot of distractions around him. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. But but again, keep an eye out for James Harden because yeah. James Harden's the guy that everyone wanted here. Right. 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 We lost Jimmy Butler. We didn't have anything. We right. had to get that other piece, and there's James right. Harden. Right. James Harden has an opt out. Yeah, he's gone. So. Look! 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 This! Look at this summer. We're foreshadowing already yeah. to how this can then get blown up. Yeah. I mean, you get James Harden leaves. Yeah. Where is the rest of your points coming yeah. from? Yeah. No. Exactly. Where, where is your Where is your big Where's right. your other piece of the pride? Yeah. yeah. Is it Tyrese Maxey? No. I mean, it could be. Yeah. He takes a big leap, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there, it, it will be that third player with all the attention on Embiid and Harden defensively from the other teams. Someone's going to have to step up in a consistent way, and no one in the Sixers. And that's been a lot of the issue is that they haven't had that consistent third wing, third player to step up. Tobias has been in and out of the playoffs. Crickets. For yeah, for, you know, he's either really good and then he disappears. Yep. Uh, Maxi, you know, defensively is, a, is an issue. Offensively, he's he's solid. Uh, but defense is a little bit of an issue there. Then you have Melton. He could step up. He might be able to that guy. P.J. Tucker was starting to hit threes. The one game I watched, he hit those three threes in the fourth quarter. I was like, okay, he's back. But he's he's not, ready. He's not an offensive. No. He's, he's not a juggernaut. <laughs> no. He's, he's more like that that defensive, I always call the goon. That like, yeah. He's the type of guy that if you come into the lane, I'd love for him yes. to Here's a shot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna make, I might take a hard foul yeah. from him, but he's the type of guy that – He's the polar opposite of Joel Embiid, where Joel Embiid wants to block your shot. He doesn't want to put you in the ground. Right, come in. Right. Tucker, to me, wants to is like bad boy Pistons. Like yeah, he yeah, wants to put yeah. you into the ground a little bit, yeah. just to remind you the next time you're coming to the lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we got him for that toughness. That yeah, like you said, the Pistons, that Rick Mahorn kind of. You know, uh, bad boy who comes in and the lane is theirs. And it's their house and they protected. Um, yeah, absolutely. For what Tucker did, I mean. You know, we'll see. You know, I hope that I'm wrong. A lot of people think this could be a deeper team and we just don't realize with the Sixers. But, again, it just goes back to got to get past that second round. Um, and we're looking at a potential matchup with Boston. One team that one team in the West, I know you said you don't talk about the West before we transition, is the Phoenix Suns because you and I had talked about getting Kevin Garnett. 
You know, you were like with the Durant. Nets, like or Durant. Sorry, Garnett. Well, I wish, Garnett. I wish yeah, I wish you had Garnett as well. <laughs> he's, he's doing commercials now. He is available. He'd be good depth. Yeah, he'd be yeah, he'd be a good guy off the bench there. He'd, he'd be another 12. PJ Tucker there. He'd, 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 yeah, yeah. Points, he'd get you that six fouls within twelve minutes. Yeah, that'd be great. But Durant was traded from Brooklyn to Phoenix, mm-hmm. and Phoenix is a team that's been to the finals without him. They have Chris Paul, you have Durant. Devin Booker, uh, Aton, who was the number one overall draft pick, they thought they were getting rid of, kept him and signed him. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Durant? I, to me, he's like sort of like that wild card out there in, the, in a West that isn't being dominated by Golden State as in the past. LeBron's Lakers are they might not even make it past tonight. Mm-hmm. So what do you you know? And you're the one that we're advocating. Let's trade Maxi. Let's do whatever it takes to get Kevin Durant. Oh, I would have. To this day, I, mean, I would give I would give Max up right now for Kevin. Durant. Well, yeah, I think we all would now, um, but they're I, watching it. Yeah, I. So, so Kevin Durant's been a little banged up this year, right? As you, as always, that but, was my thing about not getting him. Yeah, but when he is healthy and seems to be, he is a top, arguably top five player in the league. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue that. Um, adding him to that cast of characters, having Monty Williams, I think, is a good coach. Yes, and again, I think it's a great point. You say that they've been to the finals. I think that's very. I think it's very important. I think that helps. We always talk about we talk about the NFL teams that have been to the Super Bowl and they come back. Yep. Players know, coaches know how to do same yep. sort of same. We sort saw of that thing. with the Eagles. Yep. Um, so I think Durant is certainly going to help them, um, and I do think that by making that trade, they put themselves in a position where, you know, you not having not having Durant. They're probably on the cusp, mm-hmm. but I think Durant puts them over the top and really makes them solidify them for them to be uh, have the opportunity, excuse me, to yep. compete for that Western Conference Final against Golden State, you know, against Memphis, you know, whichever those two, you know, you know, they're going to. I would assume that Denver beats, you know, any of these other teams. Yeah. Um, so Phoenix would probably if Phoenix plays the Clippers, they're playing the Clippers. Is that what it is the Clippers? That's what I was looking it's for. It's Phoenix yeah. Clippers four five, Sacramento Golden State three six. Yeah, and then you know Memphis and Denver are the one and the two. Look at Sacramento three seed. That's kind of crazy. First time in sixteen years that That's Sacramento crazy. Kings have made the playoffs. That's nuts. Sixteen years. Nuts, and there's no Chris Webber out, no out there. No Chris Webber. No Pages Starakovich. Yeah. No. Uh, Jason Williams, Jason White Williams. Chocolate. Yeah, White um, Chocolate, yeah. Um, Who, there's another point guard that has really good with them, too. Yeah, uh, they're always... Was, they, wasn't Bibby? Didn't Bibby play for Bibby them? Bibby did, yeah. He Bibby. might have been the point guard, yeah. Um, I'm th- there was a European guy, too. Didn't, didn't Vladi play for them for a little bit? Too? Yes, he, like, was the, he, was the, he was the guy. Him, yeah. Weber, yeah, he was their superstar. That's right, and Peja. And I think there was a point guard, Bibby and Williams, yeah. I mean, those Kings, they, just, they were like the Sixers. They, could never, they couldn't get past the Lakers. Where the Sixers, you know, with Iverson, they couldn't get past a certain, um, I don't know who it was, but I guess the Bulls. It wasn't the Bulls, it was someone else. Uh, anyway, long story short, great for the, those Kings and the, you know, looking at looking at them in the playoffs, the three seed. But Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix to me is that wild card out there. If Durant, Booker, you know, and Chris Paul, like, Durant doesn't have to be the facilitator. Right. You know, they got Chris Paul. And they're playing Kawhi. You know, Russell, Clip, yeah, Paul, yeah. Paul George, like yeah. they got a, That's a good. That's, that's a good first oof. matchup to watch. Yeah, where you'd say like Sacramento against Golden State, you're like, all right, well, this is just a preseason <laughs> game for Golden State, right? Yeah. But, but I want to get back to Sacramento real quick. Shout out to Mike Brown, great coach. Yeah, yeah. Been, LeBron's coach. Been around the NBA. Yeah. Won a won um, 
championship with the Golden State Warriors, was there for a little bit, yeah. and finally gets this Gold, or this uh, Sacramento. Sacramento job. And then also, shout out to them, that organization, for making some trades in the offseason. Yeah. To, get, to, to take shots at the, um, um, who's the guy, uh, uh, his son's... Um, I'm the center for the Kings. I can't think of his name. I, I don't know many Kings. Um, I know they made a big trade with Indiana. The center. Uh, yeah. I forget his name. I yeah. have to look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah, no, you're right. What, what about, go back to Mike Brown. Didn't Mike Brown, he won the uh, championship with, um, he won it with LeBron, right? Wasn't he LeBron? He was LeBron's coach in Cleveland. No. That he was not? He, that... he was LeBron's close in Cleveland. He got fired. They hired the Spanish coach. And then Tyron Lue took over. Oh, it was Lue. Okay. So there's yeah. so the Sacramento roster, I, I noticed the Aaron Fox, uh, Sabonis. Sabonis. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. of his father. From Gonzaga. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Lithuanians. Yep. That's his father, huh? Yep. That's All his right. dad. All That's right. how old we are now. That yeah. we, now the players that we watch yeah. and their sons are now playing. <laughs> That's yeah. How, but, but yeah, um, the Aaron Fox out of Kentucky. Yep. But – uh, made the made the move for they got Malik Monk, they got um, uh, what's his face so, uh, Sabonis. Um, I think they made the trade for Trey Lyles, if I'm not mistaken. And it, shout out to Rashawn Holmes, ex Sixer on the on the uh, Sacramento Kings. Yeah, um, Harrison Barnes still in the league. Yeah, making 10 years. eighteen million a yeah. year by the way. Yeah. Look at his salary up. Um, yeah, so but, the big trade, yeah, that they made with Indiana. As they traded away Halliburton, uh, Buddy Heald, yep. and Tristan Thompson, uh, they were main, They were supposed to be the guys that they built around the Kings, and they get you know they traded them to Indiana. Kind of crazy that the to the Pacers and they get Sabonis. So they got Justin Holiday, Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb. They gave up Halliburton. Yeah, so that's one of those trades where you don't see as much anymore. Where it's usually just salary dumps or like you know superstar for superstar, but you got to match the contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was an excellent trade for both, really for both teams. Yeah. I mean, really, it, it redefined them. And but getting Sabonis out in Sacramento gets them up to the three seat. And it really shows that like you don't have to make you don't have to make major moves if you have a good coach, yeah, and a good general manager. I'm sound, I'm not saying superstar general manager. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying a good a Billy King esque <laughs> general manager. Shout out to Billy King that can make little moves. Or one big splash to get you know yep. a good player, yeah. And and you can do. Listen, I'm not saying that the goal, the the Sacramento Kings are going to Eastern or Western Conference Finals, right? But they could. They're a three seed. Yeah. They played hella good this season. Yeah. So that's you got something to say. I mean, yeah. they're essentially the Sixers in the Western right. Conference. Right. So right. you know, I'm really, really, um, really proud. Not that I'm a Sacramento Kings fan, but it's awesome to see a team that's been bad for so long yeah. get that opportunity to kind of turn it around. Yeah. And it. It's not that they turned it around because they drafted um, someone really good. Right. And, you know, like, I think of a Memphis Grizzly team where you got, you got John Morant and a couple, of, you know, uh, Desmond Bean, a couple of those guys, Justin Jackson, where they drafted really well. So they've been expected to be good. Sacramento made a deal, drafted, yes, they drafted Darren Fox and there's a couple right. other guys that they traded for Sabonis. Right. But, man, they have done a 360. Yeah. And it was interesting, like, talking about those cores that Indiana, Sacramento traded to Indiana when the Sixers were, knew that Ben Simmons wasn't coming back. Sacramento was one of those leading teams mm-hmm. to be rumored, and these guys like Halliburton, 
uh, and DeAndre Fox were supposed to be guys included, and I don't think the Kings wanted to give up Fox for for Ben Simmons, and obviously good for them. Good for them, yeah. <laughs> yeah good we for look, them. We look like geniuses <laughs> traded him to the, the Nets. Yeah, exactly. So good preview on the NBA. Like you said, I think it's a great point to that Embiid most likely will finally win the MVP. We'll see how that affects him on the court. Will it, you know, hurt his ego? Maybe it'll elevate his play or he'll be so happy with it he won't care. But then you say if the Sixers don't win the championship, they blow up everything. I don't know. <laughs> I think if they don't get out of the – if they I think the Eastern Conference Finals, we'll see. But I think going into the offseason, it all really rests on Harden. And what he, he's going to opt out. There's a lot of rumors he wants to go back to Houston. I could see him. Uh, Which, why would you want to do that? Anyway. I think he's whoever. He, I think he's just going to be a mercenary. Whoever's going to pay him the most because at the end of the line, you know, he's going to try to max out all that money. And remember, he gave up 15 million. The, yeah. That's not like you know. I'm not saying. Oh wow, hell of a catch by the Marlins first baseman and a win aided pop up fall uh, catch there. Off of yeah, excellent. Uh, catch anyway, yeah, we'll I see about Borsky that. Now, yeah. Miami Marlins fan, yes, yeah, huge <laughs> Marlins fan, yeah, um, yeah, but that, yeah, we'll see what the Sixers do. Like I said, for me, they have to get out of the second round, and I think it's for most Sixers fans, but um, yeah, great points by you by going there 17 days away, John, to your favorite NFL activity oh. besides the games is the NFL draft. Oh, love it, love it. If you could insert the uh. The uh, draft sound. Ding, ding, ding. That's uh, <laughs> that's what I'm going to wake up to on uh, April 27th. It's going to be a fantastic day. And that is uh, the day after your birthday. It is. It yeah. Is. Shout, yeah. Out, shout out to me and my birthday. There you go. April 26th, <laughs> you will be uh, 32 again, right? 32, 32 <laughs> years old. That's why you're my best bud. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So 32 years old, John will be celebrating the 8th anniversary of his 32nd birthday. But the day after will be the NFL draft. Um Crazy season for the Eagles. We all know they get to the Super Bowl. We talked about teams that know how to be there and play. Exactly what Kansas City Chiefs did to us in the second half of that game. All of the experience the Chiefs had was on display and rolled us, you know, came back. But the Eagles somehow still have the 10th pick and the 30th pick. Kind of ironic, they have the 30th pick that should have been the 31st, but because of Miami, it doesn't have a first-round draft. It doesn't matter. They have the 10th pick because of your boy, Howie Roseman. They have the 10th overall pick. It could have been a lot higher, I guess, in a way. Um, but the Saints, you know, they rallied and almost made the playoffs. But how did Howie Roseman get this 10th pick? I mean, just being a born genius count. I mean, I mean <laughs> come on. I mean, he's, the guy's a genius. I mean, everyone's, everyone's doubted him from the beginning. Yes, he makes – everyone makes mistakes. But, I mean, year after year he puts his team in position. And it's all you can ask for as – as a fan of an organization and a love for a team that every year we just talked about teams that, you know, are, are in the middle of the road. And, you know, that's not exciting. Um, exciting is to, you know, just come off a Super Bowl unfortunate loss. Right. But then turning around and being like, oh, man, rather than having just the 30th pick, we have the 10th and 30th. Pick, yes. And we get to restock the, the cupboard. For yes. Yes. Um, so I'd like to look back at that, that actual, that trade um, and look at, sort of the precipice of it. Yeah. Um, but gr- great, great position that we're in. But again, you know, as today's news, I don't know if you saw Jeff Akuda, the Lions, traded to the Falcons for a fifth-round pick. If anything shows you yeah. anything about the yep. NFL draft, yep. that, that exact situation proves that any person you pick is a lottery ticket. Yeah. I mean, they picked, the Lions picked him third overall yep. and just traded him 
how many years later, three years later, at, for a fifth rounder. Yep. It's it's a guessing game. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to guess. Sometimes you're going to get J.G. Ortega Whiteside. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you're going to get <laughs> Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. <laughs> you know? and sometimes you're going to get Lane Johnson. And sometimes you're going to get, you know, Fletcher Cox. Exactly, so. exactly. So, yeah, you refer to Jeff Okuda, who was a cornerback drafted by Detroit. Yep. Traded today, he was entering his fifth year, I believe. They didn't want to play him his option. Um, main reason he got traded, he was he's played, he's been act, you know he's been in the NFL for fifty games. He's only been played twenty five of them. That's pretty much why he got traded. Just can't stay healthy. He's like me; he only works fifty percent of the time. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all like that these days. In this, so here is the so this is how the Eagles got the tenth overall pick, mm-hmm. right? Maybe. This was back, I think, last year. Um, so the Eagles trade the number 16 overall pick, the number 19 overall pick, and a 2022 six-round pick to the New Orleans Saints for the number 18th overall pick, a 2022 third-round pick, a seventh-round pick, and a 20 in 2022, and then a 2023 first-round pick, and a 2024 second-round pick. So we actually have the Saints' second-round pick next year. Uh, I think still as well if we haven't traded that away. And Matt, was that to move up from 19 to 16? Or was that that happened before the draft? We that was the move up to eighteen. So we traded the sixteenth pick. We had oh yeah, we had four number one draft picks last year. Going four number ones in the NFL, or at least three. Okay. So this was to get to the eighteenth pick. So this was the pick that was that. Then the eighteenth pick was then traded to Tennessee for AJ Brown. Got it. Right. Okay. So we took our no. Our, we were okay. slotted for the fifteenth. The 16th and the 19th, I think. We used the 15th and some picks to move ahead of Baltimore to draft Jordan Davis, right? I think we traded with the Texans to get there. Right. And we also had engineered a trade. And this trade with the Saints was done January 2nd, 2023. That's, oh, no, no, 2022. Uh, actually, I don't know. Sorry about that. I'm looking at the when it was published. Uh, sorry about that. So basically, this was, this, but this was done before the draft, that trade. I remember that kind of crazy thing. So anyway, we have because the Saints didn't have a great season. They we have the tenth overall pick. Eagles lost a crap ton on defense. Like we've lost, mm-hmm. you know, Hargrave, who was pretty much two of our leading tack, yeah, leading tacklers. Hargrave, yeah. Edwards, Kazir White, two linebackers. We lost the safety in um, uh, CJ Gardner, Johnson. which was kind of controversial the way we lost him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that so we lost the we lost the glut of talent. And our defensive coordinator. Well, yes, their defensive coordinator, and our Jonathan Gannon. Coordinator. Yeah, yeah. We won't talk about offense yet. Let's we'll right. stick with defense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, exactly right. We you, you got gutted from a leading tackler perspective. Um, your linebacker, your main linebacker is gone. Your main safety is gone, who you traded for. Um, you replenish that sort of covered with uh, one year wonders. Yep. And Justin Evans. Uh, um, so I'm missing the guy from Pittsburgh. His name. Um, y- y- you're slotting into Kobe Dean, yep. but again, you're still a little light on the linebacker front. Yep. Um, but you brought back your two corners, so mm-hmm. you're kind of like, okay, we got our cornerback room set. We got Silvante Maddox, mm-hmm. um, and they've kind of patchworked safety and linebacker. Um, the other big problem is Javon Hargraves, like you said, is a is a beast up front. Um, we don't have any more Linval Joseph or Namik and Sue. We brought back Fletcher Cox. But we need defensive tackle help as well. We, yeah. Uh, 
shout out to the Saints for Kadarius Street. We got another son, another Saints player. Yes, um, which is always you know great. Seems like we seems like the Saints are Eagles. Yeah, south, you know <laughs> yeah. CJ Malcolm Jenkins, yep. um, so on and so forth. Darren Sproles. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, we have we have some pretty decent sized holds in my opinion. Yeah. Up front on the line, um, I think way back in the set in the in the safety position, and then I think. You can't just sit here and say to Kobe Dean, all pro linebacker. Right, right. This is going to be as essential, like, part of me, rookie season, per se, getting real snaps. I mean, he got some snaps last year, but not real snaps. Yeah. So, yep. I think that's a big question mark. And that's three question marks in each part of this defense. And I think you add that with a new defensive coordinator, you could have a little bit of a recipe for disaster there if you're right. not smart didn't make the right move and didn't make the right moves in a lot of these different right 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 yeah so who here's who they brought in on the defensive side of the ball they brought in lsu southern guy greedy williams from cleveland Mm -hmm. Uh, he comes as a cornerback um they picked up justin evans the safety from new orleans who's been hurt uh, Nicholas Morrow, who T.J. Edwards basically replaced in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, so we bring in who T.J. Edwards replaced. I think Morrow was the 80th out of 83rd linebacker rated last year, Excellent. where Edmund or uh, Edwards was number four. Uh, Terrell Edmonds is a safety coming over from Excellent. Pittsburgh, and then um, yeah, so those were the ones. So to me, there's a lot of depth players there. I don't see anyone that's going to come in. Um, and have a long-term career with the Eagles in that way. Uh, I think there are a lot of depth, so that leads you to – and then on the offensive side of the ball, they didn't lose as much. And they also brought back Slay. We know that. They brought back Bradbury, which may have an impact in their drafting on the, if they keep the 10th pick. Um, the only thing they brought in on the offensive side of the ball, I think, is – and we brought back BG, is Marcus Mariota. You know, I mean, that, that was it on the offense. And we didn't need anything in the offensive side of the ball that was glaring. Um, you know, we lost Gardner Minshew, okay. That he's, he, he played his way out of an NFL starting position with that loss to the Saints, um, basically because he looked nervous. And he didn't look like he had the control of the team in that game. That was a weird game. And they bring it, but they bring it, finally get Marcus Mariota. Finally. Finally. Good Chip job, Kelly. Chip, Chip Kelly. Kelly woke up. Yeah. Saying, Where am I? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Chip Kelly's uh, trying to get a job with the Eagles. There was a point there too when you kind of looked at the free agent QB two market. Rashad like, Perry, sorry, broke bro, him in oh, the running yeah, Penny, back. Penny, Penny, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a time there when you looked at the QB two market and you're like, "Are we going to sign somebody? What, what are we going right, to do?" Right, right. We have Ian Book. Shout yep. out to Notre Dame. Yep. Um, New Orleans Saints, former Saints. Yeah, former Saints. See, I'm telling you, it's, it's Eagles <laughs> South. Um, so um, I would imagine that they probably draft a quarterback. At so, I mean, at some point, I mean, you're paying Marcus Mariota $8 million. I mean, next year he's probably coming off the books at $8 right, million, right, right? right. Is Ann Book going to be your right, guy, your backup? Right. I don't know. Right. Um, but that, was a, that, that, I think, is one of those under-the-radar positions that I – through years of being a Philadelphia Eagles fan, the backup quarterback has been very important. Yes. Probably more important in this city yep. than any city ever. <laughs> any I mean, you, city ever. Really. Yes. I mean, look at from Jaworski and Cunningham yep. to uh, Rodney Pete and the and the carousel of players we had. Yep. To Ty Detmer. To Bobby Hoying, to to McNabb and Doug Peterson. Fast forward to Doug Peterson. Right, right, right. Um, 
to Jeff Kevin, Garcia, Jeff to Jeff Garcia, to the Detmer brothers, yep. to I mean the list goes on. AJ Vic, Feely, Vic, Kevin Cobb. Yeah, I mean just the, the amount of, of those guys. I think it's it's really important. So can't I, forget about Chase Daniel there. I mean the guy is, I mean, the, is the ultimate QB two from, <laughs> from a salary perspective. Plays no games, gets the most money. Love him it. and Sam Bradford, just love amazing. It. Um, so. That I thought was important, and I, and I like Mariota from the way that I think that he can probably run this offense. Yes, that yeah. Similarly yep. to Jalen Hurts, yep. so that's yep. great. Yep. Um, but I think again on the on the offensive side of the ball, since we're on that side, you got a couple holes. You got a QB three that there's a big question mark for, right? You need another tight end, and you need a running back. Yes. So there, there's again, those are three I would say major. Yeah. Positions. I yeah. mean, maybe wide receiver three, not the most important. No. But again, like you lose Zach Pascal. Yeah, right? which I was a little surprised they lost. Quez Watkins is he as reliable as you think? I know he's your favorite player, but <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, are we going to bring back JG Arthur Whiteside oh, as a slot corner? Maybe, maybe get Jalen Rager on the cheap. <laughs> yeah, we can get him on the cheap. Well, I would. Here's the thing with. Um, with the Eagles, I am not wide receiver. I don't think we need a tight end. I think Cal Katera, I like um, okay. I like Stahl, and I like Dallas Goddard there. I don't think a tight end's uh, an issue. Running back to me is an issue. Like I can't imagine them going into the season just with Rashad per- Penny relying on him to be an every down back. Boston Scott, love him, not an every down back. Love Boston Scott, but he's not an every down back. Gainwell had a wonderful playoff. Uh, series can that carry? We've seen, but we've seen running backs in the NFL past who had great playoffs just disappear. Um, and we also have the June first cutdowns. June first is the next day within free agents when teams decline options on veterans. You know, we could be looking at um, the guy from Tennessee could become a free agent. Um, Derrick Henry, the King, he oh. might be declined his option if they haven't done it by now. I don't think they will, but there could be some more running backs hitting the market that we got to hit on. Zeke. Zeke is out there. Shout out to uh, Eagles Nation website for uh, the April Fool's joke. We were saying we signed him. The thing was, they said we signed him for $10 million. There was no way that was happening. That, that gave it away. But the other, looming, um, the other looming thing over this franchise and over the NFL, not just this franchise, is Jalen Hurts' contract. Mm-hmm. Because there's a running back from Texas that a lot of people think the Eagles could be in the market for. Maybe not a 10 Beyond Robinson. Now, it doesn't make sense, and I'm turned into the old man, never thought I would be saying, give me a lineman in the first round every year. And then because when you draft guys that high up, you want them to be in your starting lineup for at least seven years. To get past that rookie contract, seven to ten years, I think, is there. You don't want the five-year starter. You know, you look at Devontae Smith. Is he going to be here after his rookie contract? Probably not. He's not going to get signed by the Eagles if they sign this massive contract to Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Robinson is the run, all is probably the best running back to come out of the draft since Saquon. And you're going to go to injury history and why draft him. I understand that. But you're also looking at a guy who could come in right away, compete at a high level in the NFL on a rookie deal for the next five years mm-hmm. where you're going to have to sign Jalen Hurts to who knows what that contract is going to be. You know, it could be Patrick Mahomes-esque. It could be guaranteed money like Watson. Watson's got $230 million, which is less than 450 The Mahomes signed for. 
I think there is that there is a little bit of a wild card there because then you also the argument is you want to surround your best player with the better players. We saw that with Donovan. You know, we didn't never surrounded him with the wide receiver until T.O. Look at Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. They don't really surround him. They've taken, like, the Eagles playbook from Donovan McNabb. It's kind of crazy. Except for yesterday, yeah. OBJ. Well, exactly. So there's the T.O. There's, yeah, yeah, the, there's the equivalent. Um, so I think Robinson could be in play there. I don't know at 10, but he, I think he could be a legit target for the Eagles in that with that, whatever they do with that 10th pick. Well, I think if you – if you like him enough, I don't know why you would not take him a 10. Because if you trade back, and that's your plan to get him and trade back, mm-hmm. you'd have to be really smart to think that no one else could trade up above you to get him, if that's the case. Right. If you like him that much and covet him that much, take him a 10. What is the problem with taking him a 10? Oh, so you, so you maybe get... What's that? Salary. But, okay. I mean, the quarterback, the running back room right now is... $6 no, million he, he's going to be – no, no, I'm talking about if you slot him at a different uh, – if he's drafted – let's say the Eagles trade from 10 to 15. Okay. He's not going to get the same amount of money okay. as the 10th player. That gives you more salary cap room. Fair. And you get an extra draft pick out of it. But you're, but you're really gambling at that point. You are. Because you, you're not guaranteed to get him when you trade back. So you got to be comfortable with saying, I'm going to give up 10 to get something – Obviously, I'm going to get a second or third round, whatever I'm going to get right. for that pick. Right, right. And then I'm going to sit and sit back and wait and lick my lips and wait for him to come to me. Right. But if someone goes above me, I got to have a plan B Black or C plan, yeah. to, to see who goes. There. Right. So I think that's you know, listen, you have you have you have very much luxury here, right? Yes, you have a luxurious pick. Yes. You have ten spots above, nine spots above you, mm-hmm. and arguably in this year. There might be four of those picks above you make the quarterbacks. Yeah, and a bad so that year leaves for you with mm-hmm. five other options. Yep. Plus one. Yep. And there's a lot of good players there. However, we've we've sort of filled a lot of holes this season in in, in, in guys like, for example, cornerback, who I thought getting rid of Slayer Bradbury that would make perfect. Perfect time to yes. go and grab a corner. Yes. yes. That's not yes. happening. Yes. Take cornerback. Everyone listen. Take cornerback off your board. No Witherspoon. That not was happening. my guy. That not was my guy. Here. Not happening. Um, then, then, it started to ha- then you start to think, okay, offensive line. That's another one we didn't talk yeah. about. Yeah. It's another hole on this offensive line. Right. Cam Jurgens, he's a center. Can he play guard? He has. Great. Right. Okay. Right. Are we going in with that? And then right. Lane Johnson is – Year by year, Jason Kelsey's year by year. Yeah. Offensive tackle. I yeah. Mean, the kid from Northwestern's there. A couple kids from Ohio State are there. Yeah. Is that a better use of your of your money rather than, you know, taking a, a running back like Bijan and then in the second round maybe you can get a Tank Bigsby or a, a Charbonnet out of there UCLA. You go. Yeah. So maybe your maybe your value there is a little bit different. I think I read that. And as Howie Roseman has been a GM of the Eagles, he's taken he's drafted six running backs. So, really? Yeah. He's drafted six running Gainwell backs. Gainwell being one of them, Smallwood. Gainwell, mm-hmm. Smallwood, Pumphrey, um uh, Sanders. Sanders. The the list. Whoever know, yeah. But I don't see that happening. Yeah. For me, if I were to plant my flag right now, it's all Jalen Carter. If he gets that far. If though. he gets that far. Yeah. 
Can yeah, you move I, up for him? The two players that I would be able to, willing to move up from 10 from would be Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. Right. Two defensive linemen, one from Georgia, one from Alabama. Yeah, Will Anderson. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there would be, those would yeah. be my two that I would sit there and salivate and go, okay, let me call Arizona, my friend John Gannon. Let me see what he wants. <laughs> let, me, let me call Shane Steichen, another friend of mine, see what he wants. And You're going to have to give up the 10 and the 30, though, to move up. Maybe. If you get Carter or Will Anderson. Maybe. Yeah. Or you throw in a future. Yeah. But you throw in a player. Yeah. Yeah, you could throw in a player. So, yeah. you know. Maybe Derek Barnett can get rid of him finally. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's what we need more. That's what we need to get rid of more edge, edge rushers. <laughs> we don't have. He doesn't great. play anyway. He gets more penalty yards and sacks oh every year. Who recovered Barnett. the fumble in the Super Bowl? Oh, my God. So, so he deserves a contract until he you. dies? Well, this is the same guy who didn't want to pay Jason Kelsey, right? You know, we're going to keep Barnett around as he recovered a fumble in the Super Bowl. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to find a good edge Jeez. It's hard to find him. He sucks. Oh, no, but, but, but if we, I understand. If we went part. to the Matt Kozaborski uh, 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 playbook, we would be, we would be sitting here with uh, – <laughs> uh, Nanak and Guacway, who, who hasn't done shit since Matt Kwasikorski won. So hey, we'll just <laughs> hey, yeah, that guy, that guy's proved me wrong. Never take my betting advice, people. So no, I mean I understand. Like Jalen Carter, if he fell, which I don't think he will, um, he he's there. He so basically Jalen Carter was everyone's number one overall pick until he got criminal charges because of reckless driving after the during the Georgia championship parade. He didn't turn himself. Then he eventually turned himself in. Anyway, character issues, which I don't think are. I think they're a little bit overblown at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he. So there are rumors that he could fall, especially with some of quarterbacks rising. Uh, Chicago, I think, if, if Skronsky, who is the tackle from Northwestern Chicago School, is there, he'll be there. He'll be gone at nine. Then you're looking at maybe Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State and some of those other, and maybe one or two other guys. There's the other guy from uh, Jones from Ohio State too. That could come in. Yeah, they could come in and potentially Paris Johnson. He's a right tackle. He could come in maybe play that guard or just sit and wait for Lane. You know, I don't know. We'll see about that. But the defensive line too. I you know we'll see. Will Anderson probably go three to Arizona. Um, there's some Clemson guys, some other Georgia guys, some other Alabama guys. Smith. Yeah, uh, there's May or someone from Clemson. Miles. Miles. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's Miles May. I think it's Miles May from Texas Tech. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Miles. There's a Cleveland guy. Uh, sorry, not Cleveland. Clemson uh, defensive lineman. Anyway, they are going to have their chance at a good, solid defensive lineman uh, with the tenth pick if they stay there. I think offensive line if they stay there will be there. Um, but yeah, it, it will be interesting to see if how he does move up. I mean, you know, will he move up from ten or will he move back? Um, and then thirty, you know, there's also you know the sensible people who won't take Thompson at ten, uh, beyond the running back, will take uh, Green or Garin Jahiri's Green. The Alabama running back should be there at thirty. A lot of people are saying uh, Gibbs. Gibbs, sorry, Jamar, J- Jamar Gibbs. Gibbs. Yeah, should be there at thirty. So we'll see. Real quick, what is, I was. Shocked at Carolina's move to move up to from nine to one in a in a market to where these quarterbacks usually if you're moving up for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. You know, is Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony are they going to be franchise quarterbacks that there you can build around? I mean, look Frank, at Jared Goff. Carson Panthers think so. Ah. J- J- Jared Goff, the, the Rams traded up for. We traded up for Wentz. 
didn't work out. Baker Mayfield, who Cleveland traded, I think Cleveland. People would argue that the Wentz did work out, but okay. Well, that's. I don't, <laughs> that's think, anyone, I don't think anyone thinks that's, that. That's another podcast. Um, you know, he's pretty much he's out of the league right now. Right, but I'm saying without his um, talents in 2017. 2018. All right, all right. He's a bust. When you draft a guy, you trade up to get to the number two, and he's out of the league in five years, that's a bust. We'll save it for <laughs> It's been the Matt Kwasowski show. Who, who thought that at, at 8 o'clock on April 11th, I'd be a Carson Wentz yeah. uh, supporter? Yeah. And when I first moved here to Brigantine three years ago, it was like he, he was like Voldemort. He, he whose name shall not be mentioned. But yeah, we all I bring up respect, his name. I give respect where it's, get, where it's needed and done. So. But to your, to your point... You, you trade up for one from nine. Listen, Frank Reich, what's his biggest problem? He's never had a quarterback. Right? Yeah. Philip Rivers, he traded for Philip Rivers. Right. right. Oh, before that, he had, he had um, Nick Foles. Andrew Luck. No. no, he had Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck leaves. Yeah. He has to go get Philip Rivers, right? Then he gets, um, uh, who's the guy? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yeah. Philip, uh, um, Matt, yeah, Ryan. Matt Ryan. Matt yeah. Ryan. So, like, He's gone through the Jacoby yeah. Brissett. He's been through like a bunch yeah. of quarterbacks. He needs a quarterback. Right. He needs a guy to like start with. Right. But at the same time, next year's draft, the quarterback class is so much more talented. You know, so why not go like in? Spencer Rattler, the kid from the Caleb uh-huh. Williams kid. Apparently, look, I'm just going it's on. Like every year, though. Yeah, but the quarterback class next year is supposed to be much more talented than one coming out this year. Why not go and tank? Next year, you keep Sam Darnold as your starting quarterback, or you know who whoever they yeah they had Sam Darnold. Who's the other guy they had? The PJ Walker, the guy from uh, Temple. Um, have them start. Baker. They tank. Hey, they got rid of him. Yeah. Uh, tank even more, mm-hmm. and then they don't have to move up. So they don't have to give up so much to move up. So say for next year, if they kept Sam Darnold, finished you know number three position in the draft to get up to number one doesn't take as much. Well, then that wastes a year of, of Frank Reich's coaching career well i mean hey you know this i mean hey I mean, I, as a panthers fan you've been you've been tanking since cam newton left yeah so yeah, i mean I, from an excitement level to get people excited to get your fan base excited to make your team better right if you can make that move for one go up and get the move for one and roll the dice and if you roll the dice and it works right you have your quarterback for the next five six seven hopefully ten years right if not then you you're going to have frank Reich for three two years and then you you go in a different direction. Yep. But I think if you have the opportunity, I think you go up and – especially if you haven't had a quarterback yep. for so long. Yep. And I think that's where these teams look, – look at look at Houston. I mean, if Houston Texans need a quarterback so bad, yeah. like if Bryce Young like, falls in their lap, they're going to be like salivating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, the Colts, Shane Steckton, like – he needs a quarterback. Yeah, there, like that's the other part of this, Matt, is that there are no quarterbacks available. Like, who's available? There isn't. There isn't any. We the last quarterback that was taken was Marcus Mariota. That's the last quarterback on the board here. Right. Unless right, you're going right. to try to sneak in and get Aaron Rodgers, where he, Aaron Rodgers is going to play <laughs> for Houston. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. So, right so you're kind of your hands are kind of the tide here. Right. Right. You're, you're getting one of those four or five guys that are available, or you know. Somebody way in the back, um, the, the kid from Tennessee, Hooker. Yeah, Malik Hooker, about, yeah, yeah. Was, was banged up. Yeah. Um, so, really, a lot of these teams, you know, they're, they're taking flyers on Jimmy Garoppolo yep. for, 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 the, for uh, the Raiders. 
Chicago's sticking with Fields, which I think is smart. But, yeah, they made their decision to but, stick with him. Yeah. But the most important position in all sports is the quarterback right. position. So, right. Yeah. Yep. Well, John, the uh, Marlins are now my favorite team. Is now up three nothing on the Phillies. <laughs> top of the sixth, two outs, runner on first. But it's been a great podcast with you. Um, you know, with talk, we got a lot of co- topics covered. We usually just eagle centric. We got to the Phillies and a little baseball, a lot of the NBA, and then we hit with the the draft coming up. So it's been a wonderful time with you. Um, yeah, man, thanks for joining the show. Uh, we're going to end the Matt Kwasiborski show here, play a little bit more music, and then we'll sign off. Thanks for having me, Matt. Go birds. And the music doesn't. And the music doesn't want to work. Let's see if it comes this time. Oh, yeah, it's been the Matt Kwasiborski Show calling you live and direct from windy but beautiful Brigantine, New Jersey. John, thanks again for being on the show. appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Matt. Remember to inspire the inspiration. Do not wait for the inspiration to inspire you. Have a wonderful week, everybody.